Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is the voice of Olympus, and we have the honor of listening to Linda Marciniak. Greetings and welcome, Linda. How are you? Oh, merry meet there, Hercules. I'm doing okay. How are you? Merry meet. The board decided to collapse. (laughs) Oh, no. So I had to call in and press a bunch of buttons, but here we are. Uh, So great to be uh, connected to you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. And um, this is, uh, you know, we're kind of on the cusp of so many changes right now. So it's, it's a good time to be kind of talking and throwing some ideas around and, you know, kind of sharing where we are in the world. Yeah. So I will, uh, what do you have uh, in mind for tonight? So tonight I'd like to talk about a couple of things. So, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, September brings so many um, transitions for people. And when you think about us, you know, from a cultural perspective, this was the time of year where, you know, we started to gear back up for school and, you know, back in the day you do your back to school shopping and, you know, mom would drag you around and see what you needed new, you know, your shoes, your shirts, your, if you were in, you know, uh, parochial school or what have you, you had to wear your uniforms. And so for a lot of us, um, that whole kind of, starting fresh thing in in September is still part of our it's still part of our our process and our our calendar our internal yes, calendar so. if you will you know so I, and I'm sure if we could take a show of hands in the audience you know how many people still feel you know that it's an absolute essential to buy themselves some kind of stationary product right about now <laughs> you know you're you're buying a new pen you're buying a new notebook you're you're getting a fresh new ruler. I mean, it's it's just so much a pattern for us that yes, we never lose. We never lose that, you know, that planning. And so I'm in an interesting place here in, in my life because both my boys um, graduated with their master's degrees um, about a week apart. Thank you. And that was in May. And so as I sat here trying to prepare for tonight's show, you know, I realized that for the first time in 23 years, I don't have that process to look forward to with my boys. With them, yes. You know what I mean? That whole gearing up, whether it was 
heading back to preschool, heading to elementary school, heading to high school, you know, heading off to college. This is that, this is that time of year. And um, so it's kind of a curious thing for me. And, And interestingly enough, you know, so they're starting new jobs. So there's still that, that kind of, aspect of newness right now and Mm -hmm. so the universe always being willing to oblige right we talk about synchronicity all the time together so it just so happens that the new moon is going to be friday night august 30th and i thought well how perfectly yeah and how perfectly fitting is that new moon in line with um you know, our our internal calendars of turning that page and fresh, clean slate, new start, you know, fresh lunchbox, French, fresh backpack, you know, and, and kind of making our plans. So this week is, is such a, you know, it's a, it's a microcosm and a macrocosm all rolled up into one because we can take stock of where we've been and certainly, you know, look back and say, wow, you know, this is everything we've accomplished. You know, where did we go this summer? What did we do? What's left to be done? Um, and then kind of move ahead from there. And from a, a spiritual place, it's it's also, a you know, a, a kind of a point of awakening. We're moving into a new um, season soon. And our tasks and our obligations to ourselves are going to be changing as well. So I thought tonight we could really kind of talk about it from from that perspective. And that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, work on it that way. Yeah, that sounds incredibly awesome. And this is a time of uh, chapters ending and chapters uh, beginning, and uh, very full of synchronicities on my end uh, as well. Um, things that yeah. I've told the universe like happening <laughs> immediately thereafter. Uh, so it's been pretty amazing uh, to be part of that unfolding. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder, right? So, so what came first, right? Um, our asking or the universe delivering? And you know, right, are right. we, you know, are we conducting the wave, or are we, you know, unbeknownst to us, we're already riding that wave, you know? And it's just. It's just our awareness opens up, and we it dawns on us that we're actually receiving what we kind of were hoping we were going to receive. And um, so it, it's definitely interesting. And this Friday night, which is the new moon, I happen to be trying something completely new. Um, I have been asked to be a guest presenter at um, the Iron Garden um, pagan communities monthly meeting, which oh wow, to be that down. is awesome! Yeah, I saw yeah, uh, Madam X from the Iron Garden uh, in uh, the Amber Dragon. I think two uh, workshops ago. Yes, yes, and so she had, um, you know, one of her uh, group members had been in the shop um, in you know the very beginning of the summer, and you know we got to talking and we shared some information, and she had told me that she was going to talk to Madam X and, um, you know, let her know all about me. And um, and then I, I think I got an email or something, you know, at one point in time. And then, you know, lo and behold, Madam X showed up 
in the shop, but it was completely serendipitous because mm-hmm. although her, you know, her um, colleague had told her about me and about the shop, she had never gotten around to actually making contact. And so while we were standing there and she told me, as soon as she said her name, I mean, it's, you know, there's only one Madame X. And uh, so I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I've been waiting, you know, I understood you were going to be coming up. And she kind of said, oh, you know, wait, you're the person? And I said, yeah, you know, it's me. <laughs> so um, we wound up talking for over three hours. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and in that in that time, we kind of solidified that I would come down and do this program on Friday night. I, I didn't realize at the time that it was the new moon, but it's it's perfect timing. Um, I'm yeah, actually going to be doing a, new, a whole new chapter with the new moon. So, yeah, I'm doing a program on. I'm doing a 15 minute presentation on spell work. Uh, I'm one of I think three or four presenters that night, and we're also um, we have the opportunity to vend, and their events are in a very uh, unique place. It's actually in a yes. in a cl- club setting down here in in Newark on Mulberry Street, a place called QX. And uh, apparently they have the the bottom floor of this establishment where they they hold their meetings uh, once a month. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's definitely a step out of my comfort zone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's also an opportunity to, to introduce the Amber Dragon to an entirely new um, group of people that, uh, you know, may decide to, take a, a run up north and and see the shop and maybe participate a little bit with what we've got going on there. So um, I will be doing spell working, you know, as my as my presentation on Friday. And uh, so I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. it it's going to be very interesting. That sounds very incredible. I'm glad that this new door has opened up for you and uh, may it lead to even greater things. No, oh, well, thanks, thanks, Hercules. Um, you know, the other piece of all this is that this is our annual trip to Colorado coming up. The yes. Denver, um, the Denver uh, Gem Mineral and Fossil Show uh, is going to be starting out there around uh, September seventh or eighth, and um, so we drive out starting on uh, Labor Day. And we'll we'll take the drive across country, the Druid and I, and uh, we work at the Lost World Fossils booth on the ground floor of the Coliseum. So if you happen to be going to the show, please um, stop by Lost World Fossils and say hello and introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you in person. Um, so it's a very exciting, you know, time of the year for us. I mean, we take that trip and drive across country together and. Uh, stay in beautiful Berthoud, Colorado at, at the home of our friends and, you know, work the show for 10 days and, and meet some amazing people and, and get the opportunity to come back and stock the shop with um, some fantastic finds. So, um, again, it's another new journey that's beginning. And so it, it really speaks to the importance of what we should be doing this week. Um, and that's basically cleaning house. You know, take the time this week, uh, tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, 
to really settle your affairs, um, get yourself aligned, you know, choose a purpose. You're not going to solve the whole gamut of everything you want in your life in one 30-day moon cycle, but, mm-hmm. you know, pick pick the you focus. You those in the moon cycle. You certainly can. So, you know, spend this week really doing a little introspection. That's really what the dark um, phase is all about. You know, go inward, be honest. You don't have to share this stuff with anybody outside of your own mind, but certainly be honest with yourself. You know, address all those voices, all of those challenges, all of those rebuttals, all of those you know, nagging fears and doubts that are swirling around in there because they're getting in your way anyway. So you might as well just hear them out, um, you know, give them fair audience and then, you know, move on, move on, render your, render your decision about it and just, just move on. So you have a, a, a nice solid block of time between now and um, Friday to really kind of do that work and bring yourself square into what it is that you would like to work on um, for the moon cycle that's ahead. And this particular new moon is, um, it's really very favorable for starting something new, a new venture, um, a new relationship. This moon is all about, um, connecting, uh, you know, finding or revitalizing the relationships in your life because you you have a, a very nice interplay between Mars and Venus um, and the moon. And, of course, um, you know, you also have the um, Uranus involved in there too. And we did a really nice full moon um, involving Mars and Venus and the moon and their relationship as it was on the night of the full moon several weeks ago on a Thursday night at the Dragon. And, you know, what we did was we really kind of, we took Venus in in our right hand and we took Mars in our left hand and we aligned ourselves with, you know, the gifts of Venus and the gifts of Mars as challenging as they are. And um, and then we kind of, you know, from that point of our of our center of our solar plexus, we connected with um, the energy of the moon, and mm. through through that kind of triangulation, if you will, we created this this amazing base for ourselves to be able to establish balance, and uh, we elevated our gifts from Venus. And uh, we were working with a, a star called Neshera, who is the star of uh, good fortune and good omens. And so we kind of, we elevated uh, Venus up to the star and we grounded the energy of Mars down into um, the center of the earth. Because when you think about, you know, that Mars energy, um, the earth, really could utilize that as um, as fertilizer, as fuel, as energy. And so as challenging and difficult as Mars can be, 
um, you know, when you put it to good use, it, it comes back to you as a very powerful energy source. So, you know, we, we kind of started that work, if you will, um, during the full moon. Yeah, yeah. So for those folks that were at the Dragon and that were participating, this new moon is just a, a, a beautiful way to supercharge the work that we started um, with the last full moon as well. So um, I, I think this that... This is one of many changes. You, uh, you've expanded your circle very wi- widely. Uh, I saw that you had a sign for Tinsel's uh, School of Wizardry uh, and that you have, uh, uh, in addition to your personal now your, and uh, spiritual, you now have a professional relationship uh, there. Uh, and uh, also with uh, Salem. So uh, your your dragon circle is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I I think that's that's energy, right? It it grows exponentially. And, you know, as we continue to feed it, um, it will continue to grow. I mean, um, I think that's the power of, you know, connecting in a spiritual way to people and, um, I was just talking to the Druid about this earlier today because we've had every weekend we've we've had such amazing, you know, spiritual people just come walking into the shop and, and new people, people that we've never met before that, that come and then come back again um, and participate in the circles. And so it's, it's really, um, it's very nice to, to feel like we're a part of something way bigger than um, than the Amber Dragon, and uh, I'm very grateful for the journey um, that I'm on, and for everyone who's on it with us. Because never in my wildest dreams would I have believed that um, the community that has um, has been building would have come from a simple, you know, weekend rock and, and uh, fossil shop. So uh, I, I think there's a lot there's a lot that we can do in the next year, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. My own journey, as you say, with my um, relationship uh, with the, uh, the coven in Salem has really um, helped me to focus my own personal practice uh, in the craft and so I am what I'm learning I am now um, passing on to the um, fellowship and so we met yesterday and we had just a really wonderful gathering it was so good to to have as many dragons as we did there we were really we're only missing two actually um which was pretty phenomenal when you stop and think about it. But um, And we, we did a little work with the Kabbalist across, and we worked a, um, a ritual piece known as the lesser, lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, which is a very powerful tool for kind of um, dismantling yourself in a way that allows you to reconstruct um, in a more focused, uh, you know, aligned fashion. So uh, that's another tool to use this week, you know, is to use your meditation, to use 
whatever um, banishing rituals you you use to kind of get rid of that which no longer serves you. You know, it's a good time between the next couple of days to really take the time and to do that. And when we talk about cleaning house, we talk about that from an emotional, psychological, and spiritual perspective um, because that's the kind of stuff that really gets in our way, you know, is, is that baggage that we carry around. Most certainly so. Um, I'm working mostly with the uh, uh, theosophical type of uh, worldview and uh, symbolism, uh, but I've also started uh, using what they call the violet ray. And the violet ray cleanses, it dissolves, it clears, it makes sacred. Uh, So there's that uh, um, ritual several times a week of just sitting and thinking, you know, where am I blocked? You know, where am I connected or in, uh, under the control of, like, old tapes, you know, patterns and, you know, just like right. recognizing them and releasing them and dissolving them and letting them go because uh, uh, they're just keeping you stuck in, in ruts. Now. <laughs> and uh, um, a lot of our programming is not needed as we grow. Yeah. Well, but but the but unfortunately, a lot of us don't even realize that it's programming. I mean, we're talking about that since you know exactly how we started. You know, we've been so programmed yeah. to, you know, expect that you know, the beginning of September is all about you know new books and heading back to school and getting new clothes and you know making a new fresh start of it. Um, that a lot of us run our whole lives without even, you know, allowing that to consciously dawn on us that we're just, we're replicating a pattern that we've been taught that maybe no longer serves us. I mean, I have enough notebooks and paper and pens in this house. I could probably, you know, start a small school myself, but, Uh you know, (laughs) so when do we, when do you stop, you know, when do you stop being on automatic pilot and just, continuing to live out those patterns without even understanding um, what that what was involved in that pattern in the first place. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I've been, uh, uh, it's been a lifelong uh, uh, path, but uh, especially over the past uh, five, six years or so, is uh, looking at my uh, Greek upbringing, because that involves a mm-hmm. phenomenal amount of programming. It's, it's oh, so sure it deeply instilled that it's become like cliche with uh, my big tech group wedding and other types of uh, uh, entertainments. Uh, and uh, um, it, it's, again, it's like how much of this uh, is this programming? Uh, why did I hold on to it? Maybe there's a reason. You know, maybe this is part of who right. I am. And, uh, you know, right. in which case it would be foolish to try to you know, get rid of it. Uh, and then experimenting uh, to see which is correct you know, or at least which is correct uh, now, but it's very freeing. And you realize that whether you're asleep or whether you're awake, you fulfill some purpose uh, just by being alive and being active uh, that might not serve you on a personal level, but serves uh, the archetypes or the gods uh, in working out their issues, you know, through uh, your existence. 
So nothing's ever wasted, and, and uh, you know, just uh, letting go of a lot of the things uh, that you beat yourself up about because you realize that they're not you. They're your grandmother. They're your grandfather. They're your parents. You know, there there mm-hmm. are teachers that you had when you were in grade school, and they told you these things, and you took them to heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, were these people happy? <laughs> Did these type of ideas work for them? You know, and then just slowly recognizing that. You know, I, I've been carrying this around. It's part of my programming. On some level, it's helped me survive because my family made it to this point in time. Uh, so in with the dysfunction are, are, are ways of surviving and into the future. Uh, but I don't need to carry a lot of these around, especially as I get older. Right, right. And, you know, I, I used to use the analogy of, you know, you, you, sometimes you follow all of the, you know, the steps on the box, you know, you buy a box of cake mix or what have you, and uh-huh. you follow you follow the instructions to the T, and yet the cake doesn't come out. Because unbeknownst to you, there was a factory screw-up, you know what I'm saying, and there's something missing in the right. actual ingredients in the box. But you wouldn't know that because you can't know that. You don't, you didn't box the cake you're just following the instructions as they were given to you. And so many times, you know, when we look at our family of origin, you know, it's, it's like we're making a cake based on the instructions that were given, but we don't know right. what's really inside there. You have no idea. You know, uh, it's not a lot of families that can sit down and do a complete genogram on, the, on themselves and each other and, you know, be totally honest about, you know, what's impacted everybody at the table. Um, So, you know, a lot of times those patterns that we learn, especially from our intimate others, you know, our family of origin, um, they may not even know why they're doing it. Right. You know, I I mean, I come from a big Italian. Yeah. I mean, I come from a big Italian um, family and it's, you know, it's the same kind of drama, you know what I mean? Well, well, why are we, you know, why are we not speaking to Aunt So and So? Yes, yes, yes. Well, no, you know, nobody's spoken to her for years. Okay, but does anybody know why? Is there anybody still alive, sitting around this table who can even remember, you know, what it was that happened 50 years ago? You know, it's that kind of stuff. So, I, I think to your point, um, now is a really great time to decide. You know, what is it? in that scrapbook that I want to preserve. Right. And what, you know, what is it that, I mean, it may have had meaning for somebody else and I'm certainly not going to throw it away, but I'm just not going to promote it as, you know, as the way that I'm move, moving forward. Um, and that's, that's a big difference. You know, we don't have to take a side and we don't have to debunk somebody else's reality to just right. simply not, not adopt it as our own reality. I was having that conversation today. I was on a, a grand jury duty for the past nine weeks. And oh my uh, so I got into some interesting conversations uh, there. And uh, somebody from uh, uh, my town was also uh, on uh, this uh, grand jury duty. So he, he, he'd offer me to pick me up and drop me off, which was great. And we got uh, a lot of uh, talking, too, and we talked about these uh, type of uh, um, 
you know, patterns and uh, uh, keeping the patterns going and the scripts of life. And, you know, some people don't challenge the script they've been given. They, they play it to the best of their ability. Uh, and then other people are questioning the pattern. You're questioning the script, you know, and it's like you, you realize um, either way that you're living in other people's imagination. So it's like right. your family or your forefathers or, you know, whatever, they imagine life being a certain way. And then that gets passed on to you and through reward and punishment, it becomes part of what life becomes, you know, what life is all about, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, most people just never question it. That's the way things are, and that's the way they've always been, so this is the way we're going to do it. And uh, if you deviate from that uh, path, you'll get the social pressures, uh, as anybody who's different will know. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's, and it's always such an interesting and challenging balance, you know, to try and maintain between our own wholeness and our connection to our family. Um, and again, you know, sometimes the path of wisdom there is, is really just to see them for who they are and appreciate the fact that that's not changing. You know, right. when I work with, with some of my, my clients, I would say to them, you know, you just have to thank people for being such creatures of habit. Because once mm-hmm. you get it, once you see it for what it is, then you don't have to try and figure it out anymore. You, the only choice left is how involved do I get with it? And it's the same thing with our families, you know, um, and being okay with setting limits, you know, how much time we spend and, and how much of our resources do we share. That's, that's part of kind of maintaining our wholeness while maintaining the connection that we have with our family. I, I think we have to get away from all or nothing thinking, unless you're in a right. family abuse, abusive situation, which, of course, you know, is not what we're talking about here tonight. Um, you know, but you can have both as long as you maintain, you know, your awareness of both, you know, and make very conscious choices about, how much you share, you know, what you bring to that Sunday dinner table um, versus what you share with your, you know, your like-minded peeps when you go, you know, to a meditation circle or you sit, you know, and, and learn something new. Uh, and I think that's really, that, that's really up to us to make that decision. Oh yes, it, it, it's definitely up to us, uh, to, you know, to pick and choose and uh, to decide, and then to take responsibility for those uh, decisions. Because we might have been conditioned a certain way, might have been given uh, a certain worldview and a certain modus operandi, but uh, nobody told us to keep doing that, you know, well into our, right. our later years. You know, it, it's up to right. us. And uh, once you get past the uh, uh, blaming, you know, uh, where you realize the effect that different things had on you. You know, the the reality is that you're an adult now, probably older than people who did this to you. Uh, so you, you need to move uh, past it. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in it for your entire existence, and that's not very empowering or, or pleasant. 
No, no. And and once you start to really, and I think I think a lot of this does come with age, Hercules, because I don't, I don't know if you and I would have been having such an enlightened conversation about this 20 years ago, but probably not. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but I think once you start to see the interconnectedness of all things. I think that allows you a little bit more peace in the way you approach this stuff. And we were talking about this yesterday at the Dragon when we were doing our um, our fellowship meeting that, you know, before the Internet, right, we were the Internet. Yes. You know, we are the ones that, you know, through our own use of uh, – energy connection to one another, ESP, telepathy, um, you know, all the subtle um, understandings of of, uh, interpretation of energy, that kind of stuff, that that really all kind of preceded this whole artificial intelligence thing. And so if you stop and you take a look at yourself as a conduit and you imagine that you know, you are the one bulb on the Christmas light strand that's going to make the rest of the strand light up. Now, remember when mm-hmm. we were kids, right, that ridiculously stressful moment when the Christmas lights came out and going up and down the strand and tightening all the bolts and trying to figure out. And when you found that one and you twisted it, and everything came on, it was like this generator, the, the, the holiday generator had just kicked on, and now everything was mm-hmm. right with the world. So if you picture yourself as really the cell that's going to be, once you find your place and you are standing in your place, you are going to be the connection that lights up the grid with yourself in the center of the grid. And uh, so we did this visualization yesterday where, you know, as Star Wars-y and star sci-fi-y as you care to get with it, you know, picture yourself approaching, you know, a, a wheel. And there's a, just kind of a wheel sitting there on the ground uh, below you. And there's a wheel just slightly above your head. Mm-hmm. But when you step into that space and you understand your role in that space, those wheels just light up and lasers just shoot out in every direction, up and down and through the center of your spine because you are the conduit. You are the one that's making that happen. And from there, it just radiates out into the world. So this is the kind of, you know, energy interpretation that we can use to really, you know, help to, to give ourselves perspective of the importance of, you know, deciding for ourselves what, what is what is your your role? Where, where do you want to go? You know, how much of that are you bringing from the lessons in your life, from your family and what have you? And, and how much of that stuff is stuff that, you know, you came equipped with already that maybe you're just opening up to and and just awakening to. And this is a really great time of the year, a great time of the, of the moon cycle 
to really start to wrap your head around all this stuff. And some part of you knows. I, I shared the story a lot. I might have shared it with you um, before. But uh, I have been collecting, like, certain books and never got around to reading them. So that every time I have, uh, you know, like, gotten rid of books, um, you know, in one way or another, um, I never give these away. And mm-hmm. I wonder, what is that all about? <laughs> why, can't, you know, why, why don't I read these things, you know? Uh, but then I got yep. to a certain point in life, and it turns out I picked up the curriculum of something I really wanted to do. Uh, and some part of me knew it all those years and picked up these books before they became, like, really hard to find and, you know, expensive. And I just picked them right. up along the way. And I have just about every book that was ever published on, on these topics, you know, uh, during my lifetime. Um, and one in particular, because it, 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 uh, it happened with these uh, changes I'm going through now, is that there was a God? There was a book called Space God Speak, and it was channeled and uh, um, it, it and like all channeled, uh, um, unedited uh, type of uh, uh, communications. You know, it, it, it had the types of things that, you know that you find uh, um, the uh, grammatical errors and the repetition and the preachiness and things you know like that 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 come across in these communications a lot. But despite all that, there was information in there that I hadn't found anywhere else that jived very strongly with the information that I was born with, you know, that I seemed to recognize as I uh, explored uh, various topics. So I always felt that this book was important. So lo and behold, when they reissued this book, I was asked to write like an introductory (laughs) thing to it. Uh, and then mm-hmm. with the reissue of the book, they wrote a chapter about me in the book. So in addition to having my writing in this book, there's a, a whole chapter about me in the book as well. Uh, and Very the things nice. That I'm doing. Uh, but, but part of me knew that this book was important and held on to it, you know, for like three years. Um, uh-huh. So some part of us does know. And discovering that, that even though consciously you don't know and you have no idea, um, and uh, you could drive yourself tra- crazy trying to figure out like why you know something's happening. Sometimes there is a reason, and when it's time, or in retrospect, you'll know the reason. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that encourages you to, on some things, uh, to kind of let go, and to just trust that the universe will take you uh, where you need uh, to be. And like with writing too, that was always a whole big drama uh, in my life. Uh, and uh, now, in the past two years, I've been published in 14 anthologies, and I wrote two e-books, and now I'm working on three other anthologies, and uh, I'm contemplating a book at this point because I've done all those anthologies. So, um, and again, life uh, eventually brought me there. Uh, it took me uh, up the mountains and down the valleys and through the caverns on <laughs> a big, long adventure, but eventually you know, it, it brought me to where I needed to be with that. Well, and, and that's the whole piece of this, right, is we don't understand each individual piece. Right. You know, at the point that, that these, it's like starting a puzzle, right? You stare at every piece, you pick them up, you look at them, you turn them around. They, they don't make any sense to you right then and there, but you know that they have value. And right. I think if we, if we gather that stuff, to ourselves throughout our life and we just like you said we just 
honor the connection that we have to it, we that's it. You know, we don't have to know and understand everything up front. We just have to believe. And so when you do that, then ultimately you find those synchronistic connections. You find the link that brings you back to that. And and I do that with books a lot because I'll, you know, if I'm reading a book and I'll look to the bibliography of that book to see what it is, you know, I need to, to go further in with my next reading. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you gather this library to yourself and you're like looking at this going, you know, at the time it didn't make any sense, but now you look at these books and you, you know, you see the direction that they're heading in and it's, it's eerily the same. So what you thought was like fragmented pieces is now starting to come together like the puzzle itself. And, um, and that's the energy that kind of draws you back into where you belong, where you've always belonged. Um, and I think it's such a powerful message, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how to go about imparting that to children, um, you know, when they come along and, and those awkward moments present themselves. But it's certainly such a powerful message for kids to hear as well, that this isn't all going to make sense to you right now, but, you know, at some point, all these pieces are going to come together. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, and I know you're doing work with kids and I know that, you know, that's something that you, that you enjoy and, and, you know, you strive to, to continue with in your life. So, um, you know, just a little food for thought there, you know, how do we, how do we incorporate all this in a way that, um, you know, brings in the, the thinkers of tomorrow, you know, and that would be the children. Almost certainly so. That is a, a challenge. I've, I've been doing work with uh, a few enrichment companies and seeing how they do things, and then I've been doing my own enrichment uh, stuff, and uh, uh, I have a lot more flexibility with the stuff that I do because it's my stuff. <laughs> right, be right. Experimental, and uh, but uh, um, a lot of it is uh, to think outside the box. And uh, we were talking about conditioning, and that's putting you inside the box. And then if you start learning how to think outside the box, and uh, fantasy and science fiction are very powerful vehicles because uh, in a science fiction uh, uh, story or in a fantasy story, you're dealing with things like dragons and spaceships and other planets and enchanted forests that you wouldn't normally encounter in the, the life script. So in getting, becoming part of the story, um, and having to deal with situations in which you're encountering things that you normally wouldn't uh, encounter in the life script that your society provides you, uh, it forces you to think differently and to make and to, to look at situations in a whole new way. So it kind of breaks mm-hmm. uh, the rigidity uh, that comes right. from the conditioning, uh, and right. it liberates the imagination, which our society is very very. Uh, debts and uneradicating. You know, it's okay to, uh, you know, some people are creative and then the rest are told uh, you're not. And uh, uh, you continuously have to uh, find satisfaction through the products of other people's imagination, be it your culture or be it your entertainment, you know, but it's, uh, um, it's, these are the imaginations of other people at work and you have to find your place in them rather than exploring your own imagination. 
Um, and you realize, like I said before, we are the Internet. You know, we're also VR reality. And uh, uh, if you read descriptions of the astral light, it, it's exactly the Internet that they're describing. But they had a biological Internet. Uh, right, it's free. Right. And anybody who takes the time to access it can access it. Um, and some organizations like Unarius, I love that group. They're in California, and I've been interacting with them for over 20 years. And they have their own you know, beliefs. And, uh, and, again, I don't agree with 100% of everything, but there's enough there to keep you busy for a lifetime or three. Uh, and they have a lot of techniques on using your imagination. Um, and it, it's very liberating. Um, and uh, they also encourage people to express their creativity, to paint, to dance, to to draw, to you know, do whatever you know uh, they feel they can't do, and just do it and free that part of your uh, your brain, uh, provide a channel for that part of your consciousness. Because creativity is almost a uh, divine um, attribute. Uh, that's something we right. share with the gods or with God, uh, regardless of how you want to see it, because uh, they created the world we live in. And we create the world we live in uh, every day, and not just in a metaphysical sense, in a psychological sense, because the things we tell ourselves determine how we feel about things. So if we tell ourselves something different, we'll feel uh, differently. And we have a lot more control over that than we believe. Right, so, you know, Astrid and I were talking yesterday, you know, she's one of the fellowship members, and so, you know, I was I was explaining this whole concept, and I said, you know, simultaneously, at exactly the same moment, all across the globe, enlightenment occurred, just like that. Yes, Boom. just like that. In, in every language, in every... Uh, corner of the world where there was no opportunity to get the word out, to read about it or hear about it in any other way. It just happened, you know, in every language, in every depiction. And, you know, so we talked about that from the concept of, you know, that's why we work in circles because there's no waiting in line in a circle. There's no first to learn and pass it on. We are all equal in a circle. And so when knowledge comes, it comes to all of us at exactly the same moment, in, a, in the way that, that's easily interpreted for us, you know. So it was really kind of a phenomenal um, opportunity to talk about this stuff yesterday with the dragons and kind of get perspective on it and, you know, share some of the more um, ancient costs concepts of, you know, spirituality and faith and, you know, and how is that even possible? Well, it's possible because, you know, enlightenment exists within. And so the voice that we're really hearing is our own, Um, you know, it's just, you know, when you call in a God or you call in a goddess, I mean, they're really echoing what you already know to be true. But for some reason, you know, if we, if we assign it to them instead of us, you know, they, you know, listening to Freya has a lot more, you know, credibility than listening to Linda, you know, this kind of thing. So it's it's just a really interesting process. And I feel like this time of year, we tend to be a little bit more open-minded and expansive. We tend to be in this this willingness to receive anticipatory kind of a 
an energy state um, because it, it's, you know, from the Wheel of the Year perspective, you know, we'll be in Maybon soon. Um, and so we'll be kind of turning into the dark times and, and moving introspectively. And, you know, the new moon is supporting that. And the full moon, when it comes through and around the 14th, will, you know, really carry that journey across the sky for us. So um, it's just an exciting time. And take and the opportunity, you know, do it. Just, you know, dismantle and, yourself. And today we're going to do something new uh, in honor of the new moon. And you mentioned Astrid, and it's Astrid. It will be uh, yes, uh, yes. something new. Uh, Astrid uh, is an awesome individual, as you said, and uh, um, she and I resonate on very many uh, levels. And she's been doing an awesome job bringing positivity uh, into Sussex County and shedding light on all the wonderful things that are going on. Uh, and in the process of doing that, we've had several conversations on her show, the Sussex Report, uh, that when you start focusing on all the good things that are happening in your community and you know that no matter how much time you devote to it, you're not even scratching the surface of all the good things that are happening, uh, you realize that there are a lot of people, you know, despite what impression you're getting from the news, um, there are lots and lots of people who care about people who devote their time, energy, and resources toward improving people's lives. So uh, she's become the chronicler of those things for uh, Sussex County, and she's here right now. Greetings, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules, and my priestess, Linda. Hey, Mama. How are you? Oh, doing well, doing well. And I am just loving this conversation because uh, I had two subjects I, I'd want to touch upon today, two events actually, and they just resonate with what you're both talking about, the puzzle pieces coming together, the interconnectivity and creativity, and the fact that there's always time for change and transformation. Opening your eyes, opening your ears, using your senses, and, and expansion is the word. Yep. Yes, yep. it is. And on that point, I'd like to say, <laughs> introduce this. Don't you love the way we flow into things? Just uh, mm. <laughs> scream. Uh, I was just listening to all this, this different talking about expansion and seeing things through everything, the word coming through in different languages, different cultures, simultaneously. And the end result, even though people have a very hard time Seeing this, the end result is it comes down to the same message. And yeah. uh, Linda is such a proponent of that at the Dragon. There is no one way to call in a god or goddess. There is no right or wrong, whereas so many different groups have a very specific way of doing things, and only one particular god or goddess is the right way. No, you're right. Well, the you dragon, uh, even in, with my uh, theurgy classes, uh, that, that's been the way it's evolved. That uh, um, there are a whole bunch of uh, uh, divine forces. Some of them not even Greco-Egyptian. <laughs> exactly. We welcome them all, <laughs> and they've all been awesome. Well, in yeah. Sussex County, there actually is a um, there's a yoga place in Sparta called Yoga Universe, but they are home to many other activities. And one thing I find very interesting is um, the meditation and public talk given on Buddhism. 
which is located at the Yoga Universe every Wednesday night from 7 to about 8.30. And a representative of the Kadampa Meditation Center in New York comes and leads a, a very short meditation, but gets into the whole concept of meditation and Buddhism. And it, it comes down to the same thing we say, Linda, every time mm-hmm. we do meditation and we meet as a fellowship. You know, and, and it's a really interesting way to learn if anyone's interested in um, listening to the Buddhist way and, and doing a short meditation there. You know, I, I welcome you to uh, look into this place. They are having a specific meeting this Wednesday with a Buddhist monk. And uh, he is going to get into the, the whole um, concept of conscious living, you know, living with a, pur- a purpose in your life and uh, being aware of everything you do, every comment, every um, thought you make, every action, whether it be on Route 80 commuting or whether you are in an intense meditation, to do it with purpose and to think about it before you do it or say something. And so this particular Buddhist monk will be there this Wednesday, but from 7.30 to 9. And again, it is at the Yoga Universe. I will. I think I sent that to your email. It probably came in while you were doing yes. the show. And it's always nice, no matter what your faith is or what your beliefs mm-hmm. are, to, to listen to another point of view. And sometimes that point of view is just reaffirms what you already know and and Most when we allow ourselves to, <laughs> and when we allow ourselves to be open to that then you know there's no such thing as a foreign spiritual concept because right. you know we become more familiar and it's less threatening to us and it's less intimidating to us and we find less of a reason to attack it or debunk it um, or declare it you know, lesser than. And so, you know, and that's really what the Eastern philosophies are all about. I mean, they're so universal and you do not have to convert to Buddhism to really get a positive impact in your life from something as simple as mindfulness, you know, mindful living, um, right living, you know, focusing on the middle way. And we do a lot of blending of uh, Eastern philosophy in the work that we do over at the dragon and um i think it's just so beneficial for for folks to just tune into that most definitely and 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 as you both say you know it's coming down to the fact that everything is interconnected and when you're there i mean and you're seeing other people searching for some purpose in their life finding some satisfaction maybe realizing that this isn't so different from the golden rule and everything you've learned, even way back as a child, without the um, title of religion. Right, right. Most definitely. And then let's touch upon creativity because this other aspect that I wanted to talk about was the, uh, the Renaissance, Renaissance Festival in Sparta, New Jersey, which is taking place September, two weekends, the 7th and 8th, the 14th to the 15th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's located in Camp Sacagawea, which is on White Lake Road, Sparta, New Jersey. If anyone's interested, they can look it up at SpartaNJRenFair.com. You can even buy tickets online, but... I, it's, it's the third year since the 
the birth of this actual rent fair, and I find it so refreshing because it is not commercial. It is, and I'm not putting down the one that takes place in, uh, was it Tuxedo, New York? Tuxedo, yeah. Right, and we've all done that as a group, you know, the Fellowship of of the, the Dragon, and it's fun. But it has a commercial take to it. And let's face it, that's probably the most, uh, the very first one, the inception of the Renaissance Fairs in the local areas here, New Jersey, New York. But um, the Sparta Rent Fair, first of all, it started with the, the owner, James Gimbel, who bought this place with the purpose of starting, and it was eight, nine years ago he bought that camp, as, a, as starting a permanent home for a game mix of genres. So he he has a live-action fantasy game called Night Realms, and he wanted to see this find a home. So he purchased this camp with the intent of of having a, a place for it as a base, and it developed into something else. This this friend fair, which is actually a, a culmination of all kinds of genres, and Unbelievable, like that guild concept of craftsmen, people that are coming, they're working with glass, leather, um, pottery, all kinds of things. Uh, people that are actually work, spend a great part of their life working with metal and glass and, and then Shakespearean actors, actual opera and uh, medieval singers. It's a great experience because it takes part in a natural setting as well. Wow, that, that sounds awesome. Um, I, I remember going to the one in Tuxedo uh, years ago, and uh, I've been working on a uh, live-action role-playing game, also LARP, they're called. It's an extension of the uh, pen and paper or tabletop role-playing game that I'm currently doing with kids. Mm-hmm. So it's very heartening to hear that uh, the idea can grow and develop and become something much better than uh, you originally intended. Right. And, and it's when I think of how creative this is, and, and at one point during my um, art teaching career, I, I started something that was a, um, a talent show, but it was not a typical talent show. And we got into all different aspects, acting, singing, whatever. And I saw so many children take off with that, you know, pursue acting lessons, go into the city, get involved with different things, the ballet. And it's so wonderful that it can be a jumping point for other people. And I see this Renaissance Festival that way because it is, you know, very G-rated, <laughs> and they have all these interactions going on. They do pull in the kids to take part in some activities. It is very interactive. Even the Shakespearean acting, they'll call upon someone to take part, and there, there's comedic parts to it. It's just fun. It's great fun. It's visually exciting. It's interactive, and now James has set up uh, different types of um of encounters, so he will have start with chapter one this year, which is called the Hidden Castle, and he will have an escape route as part of the improved Rogues Guild experience. So we'll have two of those wow. experiences, and so he's come a long way in this third year. I remember the first year they closed the uh, fair, the festival, 
with an actual wedding. Now, it wasn't just a wedding between a king and a queen. It was an actual authentic wedding between James and the love of his life for 20 years. Wow. So it was just extra special knowing that there were realistic aspects occurring interwoven with the fantasy. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah, so it's interesting to see where this goes every year. And again, it is a camp. It is rough. There is no um, uh, concrete. There will be no, uh, there are pathways. There are forested areas. You will have different fairies dancing around as as you're perusing the area. You will see um, blacksmiths. You will see people working on their leather. So there are demonstrations there. Matter of fact, uh, Linda and Marnie from Kindred Spirits will be there with Boots and doing demonstrations as well. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so um, it's very expansive. Things Sussex County is changing in the sense that there is so much more now available. We talked about the Newton Theater having their own um a store front across the street from the theater where there are acting classes and different kinds of uh, classes for children interested in stagecraft and lighting and actually putting performances on. So uh, it's not just adult fantasy and creativity. There were a lot for children going on now as well. That That is incredibly awesome. And uh, Linda, uh, we'd like yeah. to get started a version of your newsletter on the podcast so that uh, just like uh, Astrid came in today and announced what's going on in uh, Sussex County, um, we'd like to invite you to come in and talk about what's going on with the dragon uh, during oh, uh, some great. of the shows. Yeah, sure. That's a great idea, Hercules. And particularly um, since Linda will be going off to Denver, Colorado yeah. oh, to enjoy Purchase, do whatever with the the crystals, gems, fossils. And, Linda, is this not the second largest show in the country? It, it is the second largest show, and, and uh, a lot of the vendors that are there are also the vendors that go to Tucson. And uh, Denver's kind of picking up, you know, speed, and so there are – probably about um, anywhere from 10 to 12 shows that are simultaneously going on within this two-week, uh, this 10-day period. So the Coliseum show that we're at is, you know, one of the main venues, but across the street from the Coliseum and what they call the Annex, there are two different shows that go on. Um, and then there are several other hotel shows that are going on around the area, um, down by the airport, as well as, you know, uptown where we are. And then all the local clubs that they will, you know, they'll have a weekend show or they'll have a four-day show in there. Um, so it's really kind of, it's growing, um, and it's it's kind of, you know, mirroring what, what Tucson has become. And so it's it's another opportunity to really get out there and, just see things that you don't normally get to see. I mean, it's, it's fascinating when you stare at these fossils and you, you know, um, two years ago I saw the um, the Dawn Horse for the first time, you know, the first um, fossil, fully complete fossil that they um, connected to the uh, the horse family 
Um, it's the size of a dog, actually, but um, it's pretty impressive to see this stuff and, and to realize when we talk about connectivity and we talk about energy and how long it's been around. I mean, you know, you're talking about um, fossils that are millions of years old that are sitting here, you know, proof of existence and proof of life on the planet um, and the whole evolutionary chain. So um, it, it's just a very exciting opportunity. And, and Colorado is such a beautiful area. Every time we go out, um, the Druid and I, we pick a different um, national forest to visit. And, uh, you know, I always have to scramble up to the highest peaks that we can get to. So <laughs> last year we did Pikes Peak. Um, this year I've been encouraged to maybe, you know, not shoot so high, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Oh, we'll see because, you know, my, my vertigo is kind of challenging me, and so heights might be a little bit of a problem. But we're going to see what we can do, and, and as luck would have it. Pikes uh, Peak, I've done that when I visited my son out there, and the air is quite thin. <laughs> so oh, when you're a New Jersey girl and you're up there, up in the mountains yeah. with no humidity, you have that dryness and and that air. It takes a while to get accustomed to it. Well, you know, I've been lucky, Astrid. I, I haven't had any of the breathing problems in the higher elevation, but, you know, all the gift shops are up high in the mountain, right? So you get all the way up to the top of Pikes Peak and, you know, you go into the gift shop and you're looking around and there are all these people and their eyes are like as wide as saucers. And, you know, they, they almost look like, you know, they're in an altered state. And I think, boy, when they get down the bottom, they're going to like look in the bag and go, what did I buy? You know, I had no idea like what I was doing. And, um, but it's, it's, uh, as luck would have it, we are going to be out there for the full moon, uh, this, this time. So, uh, it's going to be really cool to, you know, try and, um, you know, do something. It is the Saturday night of the show, so it's a little rough, but um, after the show, the Druid and I will get outside a little bit. And uh, Oh, it's so expansive, Linda. Up, yeah, and uh, it would be beautiful. interesting to see, you know, that full moon, because I know the pictures that I've had sent to me from, from Colorado with eclipses uh, and uh-huh. uh, with full moons and it's amazing. There, it's just this gorgeous moon, this this beautiful glowing orb, just presents itself to everyone in every location. Here we go about connectivity again. It's just yeah. amazing. So you'll yeah. be looking at it. I'll be looking at it. Hercules will be looking at it. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And then, of course, when you return, there's always the excitement at the Amber Dragon. When Linda and the Druid unveil their purchases, <laughs> it, get, it it does get very exciting. Oh, but, me uh, too. You know, the other... It's like where's Waldo? Uh, there's, there's always something <laughs> hidden amongst the uh, the offering of uh, gemstones and other goodies. There are always like little statues or figurines, or uh, so it makes it a lot of fun to explore. Most definitely, yeah. and then Linda not only has yeah. that knowledge. But she also has the knowledge of what works for whom. So she brings forth certain crystals that have specific energy to them that's going to do its magic for whomever. Kudos, wow. well, Linda. You know, it, it's th- thanks, Astrid. And I, 
I really feel like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's the same thing. You know, there's, there's no deceit in the mineral kingdom. I mean, there just isn't. Um, you know, it just, the energy is so pure. And um, so I, I'm always amazed. You know, I was, I was uh, rooting around over in the Merlinite with um, uh, Bucky, another uh, fellowship member that was there yesterday. And so we were commenting, and I'm, I'm actually going through my laundry or my shopping list of what I need to, to pick up in, in Denver. And, uh, you know, so there's always, you know, every crystal shop has staple items that you can't live without, you know, selenite, merlinite, you know, moonstone, <laughs> this kind of stuff. And while we were over there looking at the in the tumblestone stone section, all of a sudden this one moonstone in the tumble moonstone just, it just lit up. It was, it was compelling like you couldn't you couldn't look away and I, I picked it up and I was you know turning it over in my hands and I was showing it to um to Bucky and I was saying wow look at this thing it just lit up I mean it's been sitting here for you know God knows how long um and all of a sudden today it's decided to show itself well wouldn't you know it probably about two hours later um this woman walked in and um she was looking for moonstone and I said, well, I said, that's what happened. I said, you know, I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to sway you or anything. And I walked over the, to the tumblestones, and I had run my fingers through it um, after I had found the, the, the one that had lit up. So I said, oh, I said, you know, I ran my fingers through this earlier, but there was one in here that was just so amazing. And sure enough, you know, of course I found it. And, um, you know, and I said to her, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to sway you in any way, but, um, this piece is is very compelling, and of course that's the piece that she went with. She said, "I she said I can't even put it down." I said, "Well, I said I think that's why it flashed this morning because it must have sensed that you were coming because it's it's been sitting there and you know I I walk over there and turn the light on every day and I never noticed that that flash before. So it's it's kind of a cool thing when it happens and you know it's it's I imagine it's it's not unlike when um, you know, when you go to a rescue event and you make contact with, uh, you know, your fur baby for the first time and you just instantaneously know that that's the one that's meant for you. Uh, it's the same thing with the with the crystals. Well, most definitely. It's energy synchronization. No two ways about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys like to take a brief uh, break or do you want to continue? Oh, it's really up to you guys. Um you know, anything you want to do works for me. I'm the same. Uh, you're the same? Okay, so I'll put on some music and I'll go uh, refresh my coffee and my water. <laughs> so we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Sounds Thank like you. a plan. Okay, talk to you soon. Just like you 
feel the powers of earth, sea and sky, of dragon and fairy and shades of the night. Hear the call of our ancestors of blood and bone, of womb and tomb and standing stone. Lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess Keridwen call. the powers of earth, sea and sky, of dragon and fairy and shades of the night. He calls to his ancestors of blood and bone, of womb and tomb and standing stone. Lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within Of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. Bad. 
of the powers of earth, sea and sky, of dragon and fairy, and shades of the night. We call to our ancestors of blood and bone, of womb and tomb and standing stone. Lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carried when called. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carried wind's children, the cauldron born. Oh, lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carried when called. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carried wind's children, the cauldron born. technique 
during my first initiation into witchcraft about 15 years ago or so. And at that time, that whole, you know, the occult aspect of, of magic was just so um, daunting, intimidating, foreign for me that, you know, this whole piece never resonated for me. And so I just basically put it down um, and and really never looked at it again. So now through the work that I'm doing um, with uh, my high priest uh, from from uh, Salem and, and the high priestess up there, I'm, I'm immersing myself in um, aspects of, you know, traditional occult magic that, you know, I never would have felt a comfort level with before. And so, you know, a lot of that comes with, you know, again, we talked about this earlier, Hercules, where, you know, you're gathering these what, what look like seemingly fragmented pieces um, together mm-hmm. throughout your life. But at some point, you know, it all kind of comes together. So here I am at this point in my life and I'm, um, you know, I'm open and I'm receptive to working with um, energies that I had had an opportunity to work with in the past, but lacked enough understanding and awareness to feel comfortable in in doing that. And so um, it's funny you would bring this up tonight because it's definitely um, kind of a reaching back and a reclaiming of something that, you know, at one time felt very uncomfortable and foreign. And now it's like, oh, wow, you know, one of the things that we talked about yesterday as well was working with the archangels, which was something that I never, ever resonated with, um, had no sense of um, bringing them in or including them. Uh, you know, I had, like many people, associated the archangels with, um, you know, my Catholic upbringing and, and Christianity. Right. And, you know, the, the idea that they would be in my, you know, in my witch's circle was just kind of boggling my mind. And so through this technique of the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, um, you invoke, you know, the archangels of the four cardinal points, Raphael, Gabriel, Mikael, and and Uriel, you know, in particular. And, um, you know, part of my work with this has been to kind of open myself up and ask for, you know, a guide through all of this and, um, Mikael has made his um, presence in my life now, um, you know, very much aware. And so I, you know, I did what, you know, you and I always do, right? So you, you get the tip of the iceberg and then you start your um, research and your reading. And the more I learned about Mikael, the more I came to understand that he has always been here. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't re- I just wasn't recognizing and accepting his presence in my life because of my preconceived notion of what I thought he represented. Um, so it's it's been very powerful and very moving. And just from my conversations with you, Astrid, I know that you are just you are reaching so far back into antiquity. Um, and and reconnecting with um, some of the most powerful energy in the universe right now. 
Oh, most definitely. And and going back to what you were talking about in terms of your presentation yesterday, I could see a few befuddled faces as they made that connection to um, the Catholic upbringing they had. And to them, that's what angels were about. But I, as you, had um, some experiences using the archangels as guides uh, with Margaret, and who ran a um, gem and, and rock shop many, many years ago in Lafayette Village and started doing uh, meditations there. And I began there, actually, you know, a good, I'd say, oof, almost 20 years ago, uh, definitely 15 years ago, when I started with the whole meditation process and with Margaret. And she utilized, you know, calling in the divine and using the archangels and, you know, cleared the chakras, got involved with the kundalini. And and in the beginning, it was a new experience for me, and I was just totally amazed. And I I just didn't even think about Christianity or this or that. It was using a source that was close to the divine, because that's what an archangel is. It's using a source that's reached, you know, enlightenment higher up and not putting it in a framework of a religion. And um, right. it was a great experience back then. So you kind of rekindled that in me. And I had great memories yesterday when you were talking about it. And, and, um, and it's, it's all, again, interconnected, you know, with the cardinal points, you know, using this, this energy, you know, for good and, and releasing, particularly now at the time of the new moon. And uh, this is a time that occurs, again, as you said, near Mabon, but the change of seasons when people mm-hmm. are looking to put away the old and bring in the new, whether it be their wardrobe, getting their house ready, getting the grounds and the landscaping ready, but most important, internally getting your spirit and yourself ready you know for new ventures clearing out the old and and looking to see where you need to go and and transcend other things right oh very very true and the angels have entered uh, my practice as well Um, and uh, although i touched on it a little bit here and there i haven't really focused on it because i was uh, facing a lot of the same uh, questions there are associations between the angelic forces and uh, uh, certain dominant religions today. Um, that wasn't always the case. The angels have kind of crossed the different religions and been accessible through uh, all of them. Um, but uh, that was something I was contemplating bringing up in our next uh, workshop. So I'm glad uh, this came out today because it makes uh, – uh, the task a lot easier if it's, if it's already there. You go. You're laying the foundation, you know, and it all mm-hmm. weaves together into a tapestry. And Linda talking about being in Colorado for the new moon. I'm thinking, like, wow, you know, that, that's another thing about Sussex County. You know, there is no real light pollution up here, and we are so right. blessed to be able to see these amazing star formations in the darkness of the new moon, as long as there are no clouds and it's not raining. <laughs> and we have so many beautiful places. And, I mean, we have the Weiwei Yonda State Park. We have Stoke State Forest. We have the Kittigini Mountain Range. We have the Appalachian Trails, High Point State Park, Rock Hill River National Wildlife Refuge. Sparta has a mountain wildlife management. Wow. It is amazing. I mean, it really, I mean, 
when you stop and think about it, Astrid, I think I think Sussex County really is, you know, it's one of those portal areas. I mean, we talk about Sedona and the vortex of energy that are in Sedona. You know, sure. when we talk about um, the, um, the uh, oh, I forget the name of it, in Colorado, the um, the Red Rock Park. Oh, uh, um, that's the Gods, I think yeah. it's called. Where, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, you know, you think you're in Sedona because the, the very center of the earth has poked through in this one particular, um, you know, stone formation um, in, in uh, Colorado. And, you know, and then you look at that and, you know, you look at, um, you know, where we are in Sussex County and, you know, the coming together of all of those very powerful um, forces of nature, you know, the, the glaciers went through there. Um, you know, the Appalachian Trail is there. The, the water is there. And, um, you know, you, you just can't help but, but feel the fertility in that place and the opportunities that exist there for anybody who's open to just really to tap in and to absorb that. And, you know, when we go out into natural places um, where we are really just truly connecting with Gaia, um, you know, we're finding our center. You know, we're becoming the cell. We're becoming the Christmas light. Um, and Sussex County has um, some beautiful opportunities uh, to allow for that. And uh, and I agree. So it's it's almost like, you know, we're we're kind of, we're 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 positioned just right for you know what what is to come and 2020 is just going to be such a powerful transformational year and uh really looking forward to to sharing all of that um with the the dragons and with the the greater community that has found its way into the dragon, including uh, you, Hercules and Athena, because well, thank you're, you. you know, you know, we're, we're hoping that, um, you know, you may expand your involvement a little bit and your relationship with the dragon and, you know, come and share some of our circles with us and, uh, and participate. So uh, it's, I think it's, it's all very cool. And, and I think, I think Sussex County is, is just really ripe right now for, um, energetically for, for connection. I, I agree. Most definitely. And, you know, also, Linda, these places that are so magical, whether it be Sussex County, you know, the Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater in Colorado, when you're there, it brings forth those puzzle pieces from both in your early childhood or different memories that are encoding you from past lives. I think to, you know, Red Rocks at that amphitheater, and I remember being on Mount Olympus in its own way up at the Parthenon. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you make these connections, and, and again, they, they all interweave and bring back different memories, whether it be in this lifetime or in other lifetimes, so those little sparks and puzzle pieces that have been left down. And as we talk about what we need and don't need, Hercules, I'm reminded of different memories I have that are just so intense from childhood that never made sense 
they were just visions to me, little pictures. You know, whether it be, you know, looking out the window up in the attic and singing songs to the moon and the stars, you know, at a really young age, and, or reading books about particularly time periods, and that's what I would do constantly take those books out, whether it be about ancient Egypt, uh, about the Viking era, uh, the medieval period, all these little things, you know, that you do and why you're so in tune in school like a, to Egyptian art. And then as the universe says, it's time for it to sort of show itself to you. The puzzle pieces start to fit and you get those aha moments where, as you mm-hmm. say to yourself, that's what it was all about, encoded yes. memories. And, and they, they right. do. They configure themselves in different ways, and they provide uh, new meaning and new uh, context. I was uh, uh, explained to Linda before that I was on grand jury duty, and I had a chance to talk to some people. And uh, uh, that, uh, you know, it came up a lot of times. People were curious about my being Olympian and uh, being Hercules and so forth. So uh, I was trying to explain that, uh, to me, Greek mythology has always provided context and meaning to my life. And I love to share it. We all love to share the things that, you know, we're excited about. Um, but I, it, it doesn't really um, matter to me if anybody else believes it uh, because it works for me. And hopefully they'll find something that works for them. And uh, hopefully something I'm saying will be helpful uh, and work for them as well. But uh, there's this understanding that each of us, uh, even though we come together, we're also uh, individual. And what's uh, good for us is something that we have to discover uh, sometimes many times over the course of a lifetime. And uh, it's the journey that's exciting. And uh, uh, sometimes you meet people or you hear things or read things that change the way you see things in your entire uh, life changes in a second, like you were talking about with enlightenment, you know, with this new realization, everything reconfigures and you live in a different universe. Well, because it's when the alignment happens like that, you know, all these pieces kind of click into place and you see the world differently. You know, it's like this whole clearer dimension of the same space. You know what I mean? Um, right. It kind of opens up. And I think that on some level, I think that's what we're all looking for, right? We're all seeking that out in our lives. And I think we would do better to just kind of learn how to go with the flow and receive rather than try and kind of make this happen. I think one right. of the things <laughs> that I see – you know that I see a lot in the in the shop or folks that are coming in and they're they're just so desperately looking for the signs that I think they're actually missing the signs you know yes. um and and so it's important to really just get people to you know like Astrid was saying just have the faith in their own um experience and their own interpretation of their experience to allow them to kind of go inward and and just realize that they're already there you know like you know Dorothy you know you had the power all along right you Mm -hmm. didn't really need to go through this journey but you know the ego needed to put you through the journey and so you went so um, I, I think you know everything is really moving so quickly now because I think I think time is of the essence and I think we're we're all 
preparing for, you know, the very big shift that's going to happen within the next um, year or so. But, um, you know, it's all good stuff. I think, I think the messages are all out there. We just have to learn how to hear them. Yes, I agree. I, I agree that we have to uh, um, learn how to hear them, and this is happening, and people are waking up, and uh, uh, they're seeing the world in a whole new way. And uh, uh, I know in my meditations and in connecting with uh, the spiritual intelligences that have worked with and guided me throughout my life, um, there's a sense, even though everything seems like, uh, you know, on the precipice of disaster and the one like some roller coaster ride, it's going to lead us into no good. They, they tell me that I'm not seeing the whole picture and that even though things look this way to, again, to have uh, faith, you know, to, um, to, to believe that something good will come of this. And uh, um, as a result of that, I've been listening to a lot less of the news um, because I've noticed that you know the news, uh, regardless of which part of the spectrum you're you're standing on, uh, if you have enough to take actions, and that's great. But if you listen to it too much, uh, it encourages outrage. All right. And just about right. everyone I know who focuses too much on politics is outraged all the time. So they're not yeah. in a really good place. And it's they're... also a great way. I mean, I know from working with papers, it's a great way to sell papers because then it's a vicious cycle and you get caught up like that little hamster in the wheel going round and round. Let's turn on and see what's going on now. You know, so um, it's sort of, sort of a form of hypnotism. (laughs) That's why like uh, during your, your show, Astrid, when you, um, you know, you prepare uh, things, uh, piece of information for people to learn more and then you provide uh, uh, different ways somebody can um, do something without leaving their home, you know, because a lot of people don't have time to follow uh, everything that's going on. There's so much going on that we're bombarded with. It's impossible. But even if you care about something like the environment, uh, right, there is right. so much bombarding you. You don't know what to do, and it, it's the outrage and the helplessness. <laughs> uh, but there are things you can do, even from your house. You can sign petitions. You know. Most definitely. <laughs> and the big thing is that, you know, it's, it's being the communicator, letting people know what is going on, specific laws that are being brought up, uh, how it has impacted certain aspects of, of the um, environment as we talk about our four elements thank you linda for getting me so involved with that because i've moved it into uh, the podcast with hercules <laughs> great great and, and and it is about you know most people don't feel empowered but there are ways once you have the information then it is up to the listener or the viewer to say to themselves do I care that much about this issue? And here is a way I can make a difference. It isn't right. a matter of shouting at anyone. It's not a matter of name-calling anyone. That is counterproductive. It's the point of it's not who is doing it. It is what action is being done and what can we do if it is important to us to rectify it or help change the situation. And like like you said too, so you don't get in any of the negativity. But if you care about something, mm. here's an action right. you can take from where you're standing. 
uh, mm. that cumulatively, if enough people take that action, will you know make a difference. And uh, so you don't need to feel powerless. You don't need to feel depressed. You don't have to feel outraged. It's you did what you could with who you are and where you are, and that's all exactly. you can really give the universe. The exactly. best we can do, you know. And, yeah. And the other thing that Linda said that was so insightful is the fact that people are searching and they want things now. I want the answer now. But it doesn't work that way. We don't right. pick the time or place. It has to evolve. We have to evolve. And the universe is magnificent and magical enough to know when the right time is upon us, whether it be picking a crystal, because you're really listening and not having all that chatter in your mind, or anything in life. You know, Linda and I know someone that's going through massive changes and 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 um, was always on the search mission, and 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 I said to her, remember what I said about the gears and the clock? Clock doesn't work with one gear. You need all the other gears working right. in synchronicity. No one gear works by itself. But yet each gear has its own unique way of working, its own look, its own way of being. And in actuality, some gears need to be replaced to make the, the, the clock work efficiently. And that's how it is in our life. All throughout the decades and our stages of our life, you know, some of the gears are going to have to be replaced, whether it be people, location, our beliefs. They have to be replaced so that we can function accordingly to, to the point we're at that moment uh, to further our growth. Oh, yes, well, certainly. And uh, in one of my meditations, uh, I was told, and now I see it. Back then I didn't see it. Uh, you already that. You already are that which you most wish to be. Mhm, mhm. And you know, we we've talked about that a lot lately at the Dragon too, in terms of, you know, what when we do our our you know our spell work or we do our our manifesting, we're kind of asking for a blessing, you know, from the moon. Even when you're doing a full moon circle, that I've stopped asking for what I quote unquote need or want. <laughs> And what, yeah. I, what I've started, what I've started to do is I have asked that I be awakened to what I already have. Right. Because you know, if we ask for something, it implies a lack of it, and you know, the universe can interpret that very differently and kind of send more of what you know you're asking for, which is I need money. So okay, well here you go. Now you need more money, but. Um, you know, to turn around and say, I'm enough, I have enough, you know, show me, uh, awaken me to what is already mine. Because what's yours is going to find its way to you. Right. And yes, so, will. you know, there's no sense in asking for something that you already own. The question is just remembering where you put it in the first place. Um, so I've kind of shifted the my whole, um, you know, way of doing my spell work. And I find that, you know, a lot like Astrid, you know, things are just, they just appear, you know, yes. and I, I smile, you know, because yes, yes, it did. Because I finally remembered where I put it, you know, <laughs> on a, in a spiritual sense. And, uh, it's, it's very powerful. It's very, um, empowering, 
to to kind of look at um, you know manifestation in that way. And, and it is part of our creative powers because you know we are in essence uh, divine sparks, and uh, creativity is our, our power to you know create uh, a world and a life, uh, an experience, and uh, uh, we have the resources of the all already. And uh, creating a life of lack, creating a life of, uh, of victimization, uh, that's a lot of the conditioning that tells you that uh, you're just a worm <laughs> that is uh, going to a pit of <laughs> eternal fire. And, you know, uh, um, right. that's the type of programming a lot of us uh, have gotten. And it sure. is very hard to, to shake that off. Also, we've been told uh, that working, uh, and the work ethic is something that will serve you when actually it does not. The richest people on the planet do not have a work ethic. Uh, and they don't, you know, to them, work is a form of slavery unless it's something that, you know, is earning them phenomenal amounts of money or they really love doing. So they see money in a totally different way and have a relationship with money in a totally different way uh, than someone who's scrambling from paycheck to paycheck. Right, right. You know that that speaks to our, you know, our what we what we used to call the deserve quotient. You know, <laughs> what what do I think I deserve? And you know that goes back to our earlier conversation, Hercules, around you know following the instructions on the box and not knowing what the ingredients are. Right. So you know what used to be used as motivational parenting, we now know is so destructive to the human psyche. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you have to kind of, you have to appreciate that the person that taught you that was, you know, coming from their own conviction based on what they right. learned, you know, and, um, and and kind of that's where you need to kind of shift this and say, well, you know, I challenge your reality and I replace it with one of my own because this doesn't make sense anymore. You know, and we have to stop doing things that don't make sense anymore just because that's what we know or that's the way we've always done it. Um, and that that makes a big difference, but there's there's so much fear around leaving those old patterns, you know. Mm. And then, Belinda, you know, I hear the things you say about PD, where you work and, you, and you're in charge and you do mindful PD and things that are productive and that are ethical, um, it makes a difference where you work in the sense that if you have people that are willing to treat people as, as human beings, you know, and, and look to lift them up, you know, in their capacity at work and in their capacity as a human being, it makes all the difference. And a perfect example of that is seeing some of these, corporations, you know, like uh, Amazon, that have totally denigrated the human being. It's just someone who's there to make someone richer. And where these people were not unionized, but yet found it within themselves to say, what's happening here is not humane. You can't be working at this rate, at this speed, and being told that you're not allowed to go to the lavatory, that you actually had some uprising, just 
people that were not afraid to lose their jobs and said, it can't get too much worse than this. In the terms of the way that we're being treated, we have to put a stop to it now. So there is such a difference between the two worlds of a workplace, a workplace where a human being is valued versus the, human, the person that is working it is a cog in the wheel making someone more money. Correct, and uh, um, that is uh, a lot of uh, programming uh, that culturally we're going to have to see ourselves uh, through uh, because uh, people do believe that they're unworthy, that they're undeserving, and that other people are smarter or better or more deserving uh, than they are, and uh, those type of beliefs keep uh, people uh, down. So they won't, uh, uh, even within like a hierarchy where there is advancement, um, a lot of people won't uh, try because they're afraid of being told no. Right. Right. And, you know, and I think that's why so many people just accept the status quo because, you know, it's, it's the fear of, you know, the unknown really is what it is. Yes, and uh, um, I learned a very valuable lesson when I worked in the human services. I worked among uh, uh, people who were dying uh, in several settings. So these were people who were in a bed, uh, and they weren't leaving the bed. Uh, That's where they were, and that's where they were going to remain. There was no leaving that uh, bed, and they knew it. And the ones that were still uh, coherent and lucid, um, you know, would talk. And I started, like, noticing a pattern, uh, and it transformed the way I view my life. I noticed that uh, at the end of life, where you're not leaving the bed, um, most things that you worried about or wanted don't matter. Uh, That what matters is good memories. If you have good memories uh, and someone to listen to them, that's, like, the greatest treasure you could possibly uh, have. Uh, The next greatest treasure is having somebody coming and visiting you, even if it's a paid person that's part of the staff or whoever you happen to be in your bed, uh, just somebody who cares enough to drop by and say uh, hello. And then the worst thing you could possibly have is regrets, that you had the chance to go somewhere and you didn't, that you had the chance to say something and you didn't. Uh, You know, very simple, basic uh, things. Um, yeah, but the, the realization that, uh, you know, it was your fear holding you back or concern over what other people were going to say or, or um, you know, the effect that this would have on your career, uh, those type of regrets are what gnaw at you when you're in that bed. So I, I try to live my life uh, now where I, you know, have a few regrets. Uh, everyone has some regrets, but I've tried to keep mine to a minimum. And, uh, yeah, to, to basically say and do the things that are in my heart uh, to say and do, uh, and then not, you know, to not piss off everybody so much that they wouldn't visit me if I were lying in bed and not getting <laughs> up. And so it kind of simplified my life in a, in a great way. Well, you know, I could. I, that is so true because uh, my son had an experience this year, and being young, you know, like under thirty, and now he is thirty. But he had a friend of his who was leaving Colorado and moving, to new job change in Florida, and 
he was going to make amends with his mother, whom he had not seen or spoken to in seven years. There's always tomorrow. And this was his big thing. I'm going to new job. I'm going to, you know, rekindle my relationship with my mom. Uh, the day before he was supposed to leave, his mother basically died. He was hooked up to machines, and rather than uh, than reestablishing a relationship with his mother, he had to be the one to go pull the plug. And uh, my son was so upset about it. He says, oh, it's so horrible. And I said, he needs to go to his mom's room and still say what he needs yes. to say. Because you, right. the hearing is the last thing to go, first of all. Right. And second of all, if she is pretty much gone, her spirit will be there. And he needs to fulfill that act. But, you know, most people always put off and, oh, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. We can do this tomorrow. That relative, I'm going to wait for that person who did me wrong to, um, you know, they have to apologize to me. And, and the value of friendship and closeness or parental and a child situation, or, um, it's, it's gone then. That opportunity will never present itself again. So no. for the ego, the ego it puts itself sometimes in a situation where people can be so stubborn and live with that anger for so long when, you know, that love can be back in their life, just a little, little nudge, that's all. Mm. Yeah, the, the universe can change in a second. Um, and uh, you, you all of a sudden you find yourself in a very different place. And people, are, you know, they're here, they're not here. And uh, as you get older, you learn that, you know, this is something you need to be aware of and you learn to appreciate it. Uh, right. And as you said, you've seen it with your job. And I know Linda has seen it where she works in, in all different capacities. So, uh, you know, when you see that, you wonder, like, why do people just put these things off because they think they have more time or they're driven by ego rather than what's really important in life? Very well, true. And, and, you know, like, go ahead. Go ahead, Hercules. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's okay. We'll, this is well, a never-ending conversation. Know, We're going to have it. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the struggle is, is you know, also one of, of kind of deep-rooted um, issues. And, you know, we're very fragile beings on the inside, and, and nobody wants to ever be um, called out or um, embarrassed or, you know, made to feel awkward. And so we tend to put off the things that are going to be what we think are emotional challenges for us. Mm-hmm. And certainly reconciling relationships is one of those things. And, you know, um, I do, I used to do the um, caregiver um, training for the uh, nurses going through the niche program at the hospital. And, and I used to do um, the, um, the segment on advanced directives. And so I would, you know, I, I always had the forms with me and I would say, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you sit here today in this room, you think about the relationships that you have in your life. Are you square? Are you good? <laughs> are they, you know, and of course everybody would get the same look on their face and I'm like, okay, so, you know, what makes you think that if something were to happen to you that 
the complicated dynamics of that relationship aren't going to follow you into the crisis and make people right. even more incapacitated to make a healthy choice over what they need to do for you now. Right. Because we're not looking at each other now. We're looking at each other as the product of a relationship that's as old as we are. And so it gets very complicated. Um, so, you know, I encourage them to do two things. Number one, to take the advanced directive forms and hand them out at their next family gathering so everybody could write them up. And number two, to, you know, to get square with these relationships because, sure. you know, just, just because you're young and you work in healthcare doesn't mean you get an exemption from the right. reality of what, you know, what's going to happen to any one of us. And, and it's just, it's very powerful to do that kind of work with people. And, and, you know, you see that we're all standing in exactly the same place when it comes to confronting these kinds of things. And unfortunately, our time today uh, is almost over. And Astrid can be reached uh, through me and through the show and also through Linda. Uh, Linda, would you care to share how you can be contacted and how people can enter the greater world of the Amber Dragon? Sure. So the Amber Dragon is uh, located at number three Milk Street in Branchville. You can follow me on Facebook um, and Instagram. We are closed uh, until Saturday, September 21st, but you can follow my journey um, west because I'll be posting stories and um, pictures to the uh, Facebook and the Instagram accounts for the Amber Dragon. Um, And you can also reach out to me through oystermoon at msn.com if you have a personal question or you'd like to arrange a personal healing session. Um, You know, I'd be more than happy to talk with you. And uh, thank you very much, Hercules and Astrid. This has been a really um, a very energetic conversation, and I'm oh, very excellent. happy to be a part and, of it. And I, I'm, and I as well, because it's always a pleasure to to commune with both of you. And uh, there are many times we don't have the time to go to the lengths that we would like to about certain topics. So it was very pleasurable for me. Thank you both so much. The same here, and I thank you both, and I thank all our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Until next time, this is the Amber Dragon community wishing you joyous journeys and awesome adventures. Blessed be. Blessed be. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.